Welcome to Shooting for the Stars, a podcast series brought to you by Southern Cross Business Advisors, helping our clients identify and achieve their life goals. Mr. Speaker, the jobs are coming back. The economy is coming back. Australia is coming back. And this budget will ensure we come back even stronger and ensure that we secure Australia's economic recovery. I commend the budget to the House. Very powerful words from our Federal Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg. Words of confidence and words of hope as Australia roars back into the economic black out of the murky waters of COVID-19. It's Louis Bulzomi here with you on our latest edition of Shooting for the Stars. And we've had a little over a week now to digest and dissect the information coming out of the 2021-22 federal budget. And on this episode, I will take you through the key tax measures that were announced to help give you a greater and more detailed understanding of how they will affect you. But before we get into that, let's look back at how well the Australian economy has recovered since the height of the pandemic, starting with a quick recap of the 2020-2021 federal budget handed down not in May of last year due to, well, you guessed it, lockdown, but in October of 2020. Here's the Treasurer. In last year's budget, we promised hardworking Australians tax cuts and we delivered. We promised the largest set of investment incentives, and we delivered. We promised more jobs, and we delivered. And this was done without undermining the structural integrity of the budget. And those measures, on top of the emergency measures that were announced at the onset of the pandemic, for example, JobKeeper, have helped consumer sentiment rise to their highest levels in 11 years. And on top of that, The economy itself, well, March quarter of 2020, when the lockdowns were first implemented, other restrictions and just the way of life just simply turned on its head, it contracted by 0.3% for the very first time since 2011, back when the Queensland floods were at their worst. Then in the June quarter, the economy fell to its sharpest levels on record, 7% contraction, never before seen. You have to go back to the Great Depression to really feel as impactful as that. And with consecutive quarter-on-quarter decline, that meant that the Australian economy went into recession officially for the first time since 1990-1991. But it's roared back, thankfully. Yes, Victoria had to withstand a little bit longer in terms of uh, lockdown and restriction pain, but the rest of the country continued to prop up and move on. And that helped the September quarter rise back into the black 3.3% growth there and then 3.1% in December. We're expecting similar figures, if not better, in the March 2021 quarter. And in terms of unemployment, got to a peak of 7.5% in July of 2020, but that has fallen quite sharply, unprecedented, in terms of how sharp it has fallen, back down to 5.5%, the recent figures that came out in April of this year. And to put that into perspective... If things keep going the way they're going, the unemployment rate is expected to fall to 5% in mid-2022 before falling further to 4.75% in mid-2023. And that is remarkable for two reasons. One, Australia has only ever been able to sustain an unemployment rate below 5% once since the early 1970s. 
And two, the recovery time to bring the unemployment rate back to pre-pandemic levels or pre-recession levels is expected to only take not even two years. Now, look back to the last recession back in 1990, 1991. It took almost 10 years for unemployment to go back to below pre-recession levels. And the unemployment rate back in those days was well in excess of 10%. And then further back to the early 1980s recession, it was just a little over eight years before the unemployment rate came back down to pre-recession levels. It is absolutely remarkable indeed. Okay, so let's now move on to the main tax announcements coming out of the federal budget. Here's the Treasurer talking about the extension of the low and middle income tax offset. Announcing that over 10 million low and middle income earners will benefit from a new and additional tax cut. A stimulus measure that will support the recovery and build on tax cuts that we announced in last year's budget and budgets before that. Low and middle income earners will receive up to $1,080 for individuals or $2,160 for couples. More of their money in their pockets to spend across the economy creating jobs. So the same amount of tax relief in dollar terms, but you get to enjoy it for another year if you fall within the low and middle income brackets. Those brackets being anything less than $37,000, you'll get an offset of $255. If you're between $37,000 and $48,000, you get an extra seven and a half cents for every dollar above $37,000, up to the $1,080 maximum, the magic number of $1,080 there. So you get your $255 to start with, the first 37,000, and then for every dollar above that, seven and a half cents until you reach 1,080. Then from 48,000, 90,000 to flat $1,080 tax offset, then when you creep over the $90,000 mark, you start losing three cents for every dollar above 90,000 until you reach the $126,000 income level when the lower middle income tax offset wipes out. So still, it's a fantastic incentive and it has uh, a great reach in terms of a lot of people's average incomes. And that's in addition to the well and truly established low income tax offset, which has been increased to $700 for the 2021 financial year, so the one we're in right now, and in future income years for the time being, used to be $445 way back when, but as a result of Last year's federal budget, this was increased to $700. So if you earn $37,500 or less, you'll get the full $700 offset. If you fall between $37,500 and $45,000, you'll lose $0.05 cents for every dollar above $37,500 until you reach $325. And then between $45,000 and a unique figure, $66,667, you'll lose $0.01 cents for every dollar above the $45,000 until it completely phases out. So some very nice little bits of tax relief continuing on in the 2022 financial year. And just take you through a bit more of a worked example on that. We've got Priya, who's a civil engineer working in regional Australia, earning a taxable income of $80,000 each year from the 2019 financial year to 2022. Her husband, Kabir, is working part-time as he completes his studies and earned a taxable income of $60,000. So with this lower middle income tax offset being retained, both Priya and Kabir will benefit from a combined 
offset of $2,160 after they lodged their 2022 tax returns. And then looking back over the previous four years up to 2022, with this additional year in play, the government's personal income tax plan will provide Priya and Kabir with a tax cut of $12,960 in total from the four years from 2019 to 2022, compared with what the tax rates were back in 2018. So $12,960, there's a fair bit you can do with that. Maybe that uh, long-awaited holiday, now that uh, we can travel domestically again, not quite internationally just yet, but hopefully we're not too far off from that. So moving on from tax cuts for individuals to tax support for business. And one of the major announcements last year, well, it was the instant asset write-off, wasn't it? The increase to $150,000 of eligible assets to be written off for small business. Then the 2020-2021 budget went even further than that by bringing in the temporary full expensing of eligible assets, meaning you can write the whole lot off if you are an eligible small business. Here's the treasurer. Our record investment incentives are filling the order books of the nation. Over 99% of businesses employing over 11 million workers can write off the full value of any eligible asset that they purchase. This has seen their spending on machinery and equipment increase at the fastest rate in nearly seven years. So tonight, we again go further, announcing the extension of these measures for a further year until the 30th of June 2023, so a tradie can buy a new ute, a farmer a new harvester, and a manufacturer expand their production line. And a school bus operator, a new bus even. So there you go. Many opportunities abound with the extension of the temporary full expensing measures by a further 12 months. So just to recap quickly on what the temporary full expensing measure is, it allows eligible businesses with aggregated annual turnover or total income of all the entities uh, in the one structure of up to $5 billion, not million, billion with a B, to deduct the full cost of eligible depreciable assets. So to be eligible, the depreciation asset must be new or secondhand. Be mindful though, if it's a secondhand asset, that turnover figure does end up having an M in it, $50 million that drops down to if it's secondhand. If it's brand new, it's $5 billion, okay? It means it needs to be first held or purchased or acquired after 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time on the 6th of October 2020, back when the previous budget was handed down, and first used or installed ready for use for a taxable purpose, of course, such as a business purpose, between that date again, 7.30 p.m. 6th of October 2020, and 30th of June, 2020, not 2022, 2023. So we've got an extra 12 months on top. And this will provide eligible businesses with more time to access the incentive, including projects that require longer planning times and those affected by COVID-19 related supply disruptions. So just be mindful as well, there are certain assets that aren't eligible. So any that are allocated to a low value pool or a software development pool. There are certain primary production assets such as water facilities, fencing, horticultural plants or fodder storage assets that don't fall under these provisions unless you are using the simplified depreciation rules. So small businesses that are accessing things like the general pool, for example, who get immediate write-offs as an add-on for water facilities, fencing, horticultural plants or fodder storage. Uh, any buildings or other capital works also are ineligible 
Um, they fall under a different provision of the Tax Act. And any assets that either will never be located in Australia or will not be used principally in Australia for the principal purpose of carrying on a business. So there are some exclusions there, but pretty much the vast majority of any new assets you buy, if your turnover is under $5 billion or secondhand assets, if it's, if it's under $50 million, you can claim the full cost of. It's a wonderful measure and a measure that small businesses will certainly rejoice after hearing the extension for another year. Now, for anyone who is a company, there's also an extension to the temporary loss carryback rules. So we're going to get another year of these as well. So that reaches out until the 30th of June, 2023. And this allows any company tax entities to offset previously taxed profits as far back as the 2019 financial year. So who can access these? Any companies with aggregated annual turnover up to $5 billion can apply tax losses incurred during the 2020, 2021, 2022, and now 2023 income years to offset any paid tax in the 2019 income year or later. So what will happen there, if you get a loss, say, for example, 2021, you can then use that loss, go back to 2019 if you made a profit there and paid tax on it and get some of that or all of that tax back. And keeping on the topic of small business, there's also an announcement about increased rights for small business to pause the collection of disputed Australian taxation office debts. Back to the Treasurer. Small and family businesses are the engine room of our economy. They are at the heart of every local community. As they strive to recover, we need the tax system to work for them, not against them. So tonight we provide small business with peace of mind that an independent umpire will stand between them and the tax office when it comes to debt recovery actions. We will take these disputes out of the courts and let small business get on with what they do best. And that is to continue to fuel and rev up the economic vehicle known as Australia. A very significant announcement, this one, that once it receives royal assent, aka once it becomes officially law, from that date onwards, any small business entity, including an individual carrying on a business, aka a sole trader, with an aggregated turnover of less than $10 million per year, will be eligible to use this streamed lined approach. So they'll be able to breathe a bit easier and sleep a bit better at night knowing they don't have to go through the court system, they don't have to fork up very excessive and expensive legal fees and they don't have to worry too much about the overreaching, daunting powers of the tax man. They can go to far more accessible, fair, just, economical, informal and quick administrative appeals tribunal to have these debt recovery actions paused or modified. So actions such as uh, garnishee notices, so the ability of the tax office to go to your bank and go, hey, you've got some money in there, we're taking some of that. And also the recovery of general interest charges or related penalties associated with things like late lodgements or alleged negligence and lack of duty of care with regards to reporting taxable income. So to put it simply, the court system, so the magistrate's court, the county court, the Supreme Court, and should it ever get there, the high court, that all steps out. And the administrative appeals tribunal or the independent umpire, as Josh Frydenberg put it, that steps in. So now we move away from the active workforce of business and employment and we move into the retirement nest egg of superannuation. Here's the Treasurer with some key changes to your super. 
We want all Australians to get the most out of the superannuation system. On average, women retire with less superannuation than men. So tonight, the government will remove the current $450 per month minimum income threshold for the superannuation guarantee. This will improve economic security in retirement for around 200,000 women. Our plan will also make it easier for Australians to prepare for retirement and to be more secure once in retirement. We will improve flexibility by no longer requiring older Australians to meet a work test before they can make voluntary contributions to superannuation. We will allow those aged over 60 to contribute up to $300,000 into their superannuation if they downsize their home, freeing up more housing stock for younger families. And we will also enhance the pension loan scheme by providing immediate access to lump sums of around $12,000 for singles and $18,000 for couples. And in addition to all of those, there's also an increase in the withdrawal limit for the first home super saver scheme from $30,000 to $50,000. But let's just go back to the removal of the $450 monthly income threshold. This is a very big announcement, this one, and it's going to affect every employer across the nation. So employers, they used to have that little nicety of not having to pay the $40 to $45 in super for employees who earn less than $450 in any given calendar month. Of course, if they earned more than $450 in that same calendar month, they would pay super on the entire amount. So it wasn't like the first $450 was exempt. No, the whole lot super had to be paid on. But if it was under $450 total in income, then yes, that $40 to $45 didn't have to be paid to the employee's super fund. But now, from the 1st of July 2022, the proposed change is that, yes, that money will have to be paid into super. And that's going to help an estimated 300,000 workers, 63% of whom are female, to be able to have that little extra kick in for their retirement. So a massive change, that one indeed. Now, bear in mind that there hasn't been any changes to the rules regarding those under the age of 18 with regards to super. So at this stage, it's if uh, an employee under the age of 18 works more than 30 hours in a given week, they are entitled to super. If they work less than 30 hours, then no super guarantee is required to be paid by the employer. So that rule at this stage remains in place. And going back to the first home super saver schemes, at the moment, this scheme allows people to make voluntary contributions to super to save for their first home up to $15,000 a year to a maximum of $30,000. With the proposed change, again, the start date, 1st of July 2022, the $30,000 maximum voluntary contribution total will increase to $50,000. It's still going to be $15,000 per year that you can contribute, but you can now go for more than two years on this to $50,000 in total. And for couples, both individuals will be able to utilize their caps up to a maximum of $100,000. And this just relates to voluntary super contributions only. So it's not your employer super. It has to be anything above and beyond your employer super to be eligible for this scheme. And looking at the work test for those aged between 67 and 74, the current work test requires a person to be employed for at least 40 hours in a consecutive 30-day period before any super contributions can be accepted for that financial year, whether they're concessional, so, for example, employer super, where the employer claims a deduction, 
or non-concessional where no tax deduction is claimed regardless of who puts the money into super. Now, under the proposed changes, the existing work test will be abolished on the 1st of July 2022. However, the work test will continue to apply where an application to make personal deductible contributions is made. So self-employed people aged between 67 and 74 will still have to meet the work test, but those who are in actual employment won't have to from the 1st of July 2022. The existing contribution cap arrangements will continue to apply. The downsize of contributions, so the eligibility age is reduced by five years from 65 to 60, so it allows those transitioning into retirement now to be eligible to contribute up to $300,000 to their super following the sale of their home. Now, it's important to note that any proceeds from the sale of the home that are transferred to super accounts will still be included in the assets test for the age pension, bearing in mind that the principal place of residence in and of itself is not included in the assets test. It remains exempt. So if you're worried about the age pension and your eligibility to get it, just remember that if you do decide to sell your home after you reach the age of 60 and contribute that money into super, then that will go towards the assets test to determine your eligibility for the age pension. Now, in terms of eligibility to access the downsizer scheme, so you need to be 60 years or older from the 1st of July 2022, the current age is 65. The amount that you're contributing is from the proceeds of selling your home with a contract of sale exchange on or after the 1st of July 2018. Your home was owned by you or your spouse for at least 10 years prior to the sale. It's in Australia and it's not a caravan, houseboat or other mobile home. Any proceeds are exempt or partially exempt from capital gains tax under the main residence exemption or would be entitled to such an exemption if the home was a CGT asset rather than a pre-CGT asset, so required before the 20th of September 1985. Um, you make your contribution within 90 days of receiving the proceeds of sale, so usually from the settlement date until 90 days after that settlement date, you've got that little window to make the contribution and you have not previously made a downsizer contribution to your super from the sale of another home. So you only get one shot at it. So make sure you make the most of it if you want to use the scheme. And finally, improving the pension loan scheme. So what this is, is a voluntary non-taxable loan provided by the government that's designed to help boost the retirement income of eligible age pensioners by unlocking real estate equity. Through the PLS, pensioners currently receive regular fortnightly payments with the payments accruing as a debt secured against their property. So think of it like a reverse mortgage in a way. To increase the flexibility of the PLS from the 1st of July 2022, the government proposes introducing a no negative equity guarantee for PLS loans and allowing aged pensioners access to a capped advance payment, which is up to 26 fortnights worth of top-up payments in the form of a lump sum payment, so effectively a year's advance worth of payments. The scheme will provide immediate access to lump sum payments of around $12,385 for singles and $18,670 or couples. The no negative equity guarantee will mean that borrowers under the PLS or their estate will not owe more than the market value of their property in the rare circumstances where their accrued PLS debt exceeds their property value. This brings the PLS back in line with private sector reverse mortgages. It's a very massive announcement, that one, and it's looking to be proposed to start on the 1st of July 2022. So now the pension loan scheme comes back more into line with the current reverse mortgage system. So very important for retirees so to make sure that they're not caught out should their value of their home go lower than the debt that they're accrued under the PLS. 
And unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this episode of Shooting for the Stars. There are so many more budget announcements and proposed measures that we could cover. For example, the modernising of the individual tax residency rules, the changes to self-education expense deductions, and here's one that will wet your whistle, tax relief for brewers and distillers, the excise refund scheme cap increasing to $350,000 from $100,000. But unfortunately, we couldn't fit all of that into a 25-minute podcast. But that's okay. If you want to find out more about those particular measures or the ones we've covered in this episode and everything else budget-related, come in and see us at 234 Deacon Avenue, Mildura, or give us a phone call, 035018-6444. Drop us an email, admin at scba.com.au or check out our website, www.scba.com.au. .com.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast fix. This is Louis Bulzoni for Southern Cross Business Advisors. Until next time, you keep on achieving your life goals and we'll keep on helping you identify them. Goodbye.